Welcome back to Soulback. This is the R&B Podcast. Kyle here and I have Tom with me. What is going on, Tom? What's up, Kyle? Man, this is a special episode and our boy Ed couldn't even make it. Uh, If I had to speculate, I'll say he got scared and uh, intentionally didn't join us. (laughs) Why would he be scared? What's happening today, Tom? We have a very special guest. Music Soul Child is joining us today. Uh, I know uh, we've had a great debate on this podcast over the over the months uh, and about Music Soul Child. And Ed is a I can't even say Ed is a hater because Ed ranked all of his albums pretty highly. But Ed, we wish you were here, man. What is Ed doing, Kyle? Um. Well, I know he was at WrestleMania um, last week, or actually, no, that was last year. I don't. I think he was watching WrestleMania. Uh, this week, and I think he is still sad over the fact that uh, Batista lost. I know Ed loves Batista, but he lost, and I think he's probably devastated. Um, or he's, like us, he's listening to that new John B. and Darnell Jones record that just came out, which we'll talk about later, Tom. But uh, I guess it's just me and you today. I think I actually figured it out. He's out celebrating Keith Sweat's hitting number one on the charts with his latest single. That, that's got to be it. Actually, yeah, that that probably is it. Shoutouts to Keith. <laughs> number one song once again, Tom. He did it again. Number of uh, that's I I don't, I lost count on how many number ones he had, but man, he just keeps going, keeps sweat. We got to give him his props. I'll especially give him his props when Ed is not here. <laughs> exactly. Now, Tom, I gotta also uh, man, can you? Man, because music's coming in soon, and I know you're going to be in full stand mode, and we're going to try to contain that. So while I'm trying to figure out what we're going to talk about in terms of the new music, can you just let the fans know what type of memories you have to music's first album? Well, when I first heard it, I was in high school still, and uh, I just remember it. I actually didn't even like neo-soul music at the time. That's what they call it. I know he doesn't like that term, but... I, it just like moved me somehow. Like I didn't like. I wasn't really a big D'Angelo fan at the time, even though I love him now. Erica Badu, who I also love now, and then I heard this kid music. It was just like a refreshing, relatable. Because you know D'Angelo, his music is a bit out there, you know. But music was more relatable, more of that that kid from the block who you know, just like someone you'd be cool with, and uh, was making love music and really relatable stuff. So it hit me. And I've been a fan ever since, man. And there you have it. So you're going to be good when music comes in. You're not going to be standing out like you got oh, that. Oh, relax. System, right? Can you relax? <laughs> All right. Well, I want to do a couple of fan shoutouts first. Uh, Tom, I think you have one. You have someone in mind because I do as well. Yeah, um, I got to give a shout out to our boy. Uh, I don't know. Do we? We almost call him our street team. You know, behind the scenes, our boy KW8971 on Instagram. He's shouting us out all the time. He's tagging us, giving us a heads up on new music that's coming out. Always showing us love. So, man, I know he tunes into the podcast. we got to show him some love. Yeah, I see that as well. It always pops up on my notification. Sometimes my battery is about to die, and I see that last notification from him. I'm <laughs> going to die, but I remember he's doing it for the genre, so I can't be mad at him. Yeah, um, I do have to give a I have to give a shout out as well, Tom, to a new friend of ours. Um, his name is David uh, David Moritz is his name. He's a friend of another listener of ours, Daniel Bamber. 
Shout out to Daniel for hooking your friend up to this awesome podcast. So shout out to you, David. Tom, he told me he loved the John B. and the Donnell Jones episode. That's amazing, man. Those are two great episodes. You know what I'm most impressed about? I believe our friend Dan Bambers from Australia. Man, we got people from every continent listening to us, checking out the site. I mean, that's just an amazing thing. It just shows you how far R&B really reaches across the world. We we know all, many of these artists are from the U.S., but they're celebrated all over the world. I think that's a pretty cool thing. Yeah. Actually, Tom, let me ask you this before we truly get into the new music because we just mentioned John B and we mentioned Donnell but do you think fans overseas complain about the state of R&B as much as we do absolutely not they probably (laughs) I doubt it I mean because they still embrace these artists and with the legacy they've left them so you know for them it's 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 they're still listening to the classics enjoying those and not hating on the new stuff. They're probably like taking the right attitude. If if it's if they hear something new and it's not for them, they just let it go. They don't say, "Oh, it's what is this crap?" or "It's not the same." You know, they just keep celebrating the artists they grew up on. So I think that's the way it should be. Yeah, but then you remember that DJ Soulchild is also from overseas. But that's <laughs> that's another oh, point. Oh boy, that's our that's our I, episode. Shout out to DJ Soulchild. Can't can't we love go by. <laughs> anyway uh let's talk about this new donnell jones and john b record understand i mean it's been hyped up on our podcast because we've had both guests come in but tom this record right here i like it you like it that must mean something but first of all the rollout of this song was pretty interesting because they announced the duet two months ago and then they shot a video and then we got to hear a sneak peek just from the behind-the-scenes video. We haven't even heard the song. And then they announced it was coming in April. So, man, we have been waiting a minute for the song. And I must say it lives up to the hype. And I'm not just saying this because those are two of our boys. But, man, it actually sounds like this. You know, John talked about he had stuff in the archives he was pulling out. I feel like this was a song he pulled out from years ago. And he reworked it to sound a little bit more modern. Like, it really I, that's what I felt when I heard the song. And it really fit Donnell Jones. That sounded like a Donnell Jones song, which they both told us it did. So, man, I I love it. It's going to be one of the best songs we hear this year. I know it. Yeah, I think what's cool about this record is that Donnell Jones is a feature on it, but he's all over the song. So it's not like he just does one verse and he disappears. He's back on the bridge. He's doing the chorus. That's rare in R&B today because... As you know, Tom, a lot of these records collaborations being done now, they're just sent through email, Uh, you know, the files, and then they just record their own part. I'm not sure if they were in the studio together. They probably weren't because that's very rare, but I can tell that they both put a lot into that record, and I thought that was cool. And Tom, most importantly, there was a bridge on that song, and let me tell you, that bridge brought it to (laughs) another level. (laughs) So, man, yeah, um, if you like it, that must say something. So I really feel like this could end up being the song of the year, and we still have a long way to go. It's going to be up there, definitely, but well done. But Kyle, man, I couldn't help but think when I heard the song, this could have been so much bigger, maybe a joint EP, maybe they both put out dual singles at the same time where they were both featured on and then did a joint tour. Like, There's so many possibilities that that could have led from this. I'm not going to be mad, but I just, man, we we want more now. 
Tom, the fact that you can get one quality R&B song from some of our favorites <laughs> in 2019, just take it and run with it. Oh, man. So now we got to just wait on that John B. album. It should be good, man. If, he, if what he's talked about is true, reworking some of the older stuff. And, man, I'm excited. Yep, for sure. Uh, I want to also talk about Tom. Well, we, we've been uh, – your boy has actually been tagging us in all sorts of Usher and Jermaine Dupri studio sessions that uh, they've been posting on Instagram. Tom, this album album is sounding like a banger. I got to say. It's happening. It's happening this time. I mean, the only thing that could prevent it from actually happening is Usher pulling the plug at the last minute, which you, <laughs> it's possible, you know, but they're definitely working. This is the most we've seen them in the studio, right? And it is sounding good. People are excited. Let me ask you this, Kyle. Do you think this is the most anticipated album in the last decade for R&B? No. I'm going to – it's an easy no for me. I mean, I'm just thinking, like, I can't think of a more anticipated album that someone would want in, in years. Like, I can't remember the last time there was so much hype towards an album. Do you think so? I, I'm not really seeing – maybe it's social media as well. Um, and just the fact that we've seen so many things come and go where we're kind of just immune to, you know, the noise because a week later that noise could just vanish. Yeah. But yeah. people are skeptical about this. And they're, yeah, they're cautioned. They're cautious right now on whether they should truly, you know, fully invest in this because of what has happened historically. But what I will say, and Tom, maybe you can chime in, but, you know, I made a tweet not too long ago that said, um, you know, the last time Usher made a full-on R&B album, which was Here I Stand, we didn't fully support it. The fans didn't 100% support it. It underperformed, and that's why he went off to do his techno and trap stuff. How disappointed would you be this time around if Usher delivers quality and we don't end up supporting? Or is it just the state of the industry because no one supports R&B anymore? It's going to happen, actually. You know you're right. Jermaine Dupri, if you're listening, man, you got your work cut out for you because that's how it goes. You're 100% right. Here I Stand was a great example. It's going to be mod- It's going to be traditional R&B if, if what we're hearing is accurate. There might not be commercially sounding songs, so where is he going to go with it to get promotion so i th- actually i think you're right and that makes me a little more nervous <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i mean we we wish uh usher well and i hope i hope the best for him uh tom i want to uh excitedly announce a new project uh via q parker from 112 it's the bridge project and i see your boy music soul child on on this flyer I see Tank. I see Genuine. What's going on? What's this project about? He, Q Parker, as anyone knows listening, is from 112. They broke up, and uh, he's no longer part of the group for the time being. He's doing his own project. It's called The Bridge Project, and he's making the bridge between gospel and traditional R&B. So he's linking up gospel artists with R&B artists and putting them on the same song. Not sure we've seen something quite like this ever before, or maybe we have, and I'm, I'm not remembering, but... He's got a lot of his friends, some big names. Definitely should be interesting. The problem is that gospel, as you saw from Snoop Dogg when he did his gospel album, you had one of the biggest stars in music. And unfortunately, it just really, I mean, didn't get widespread attention because it was gospel. Unfortunately, that genre just can never seem to get the attention it deserves. So I'm anxious to hear it, but I just, you know, it's tough. 
yeah, I think it'll be a cool idea. So, I mean, I'm sure we'll have Q Parker on here at some point to explain this project. I think Wingle from Jagged Edge is also on it, so you'll get to hear more Wingle, Tom. We want to hear more Wingle. He actually has a good voice, underrated. Yeah, he does. Um, some other projects that we uh, want to talk about are songs. Chris Brown dropped a new record, Back to Love. Tom, even you thought it was okay, and you, you're not the biggest Chris Brown <laughs> fan. He flips a switch and does more, you know, groan r when he wants to, so I can live with it. Well, as you know, Tom, LeBron James is going to miss the playoffs for the first time since 2005, which, strangely enough, is when Chris Brown first debuted in the game. And I read an interesting mm. article, and I think it applies to, to both, because they both, both happened in 2005. But these are the following things that happened in 2005, Tom. Okay. Rune 5 was, was considered a new act. Uh, mm. The Office, the TV show The Office, that's when it first came out. And lastly, uh, 2005 was the last year that the Seattle Supersonics existed in the NBA. Wow. So, a and lot has changed in, in, what, 14 years now? This is a big year for Breezy. He's turning that magical number, 30. Got to hit up that urban AC, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> Actually, didn't it he, does just, make... he, he just hit number one on urban AC or went up the chart, didn't he? I think he did, yeah, with Undecided. With Undecided, yeah. So that he's already making his way. But you know what? It's crazy. 14 years since Chris Brown's debut, and then I remember listening on the radio, 2 Chains and Ariana Grande, they sample uh, Why Don't We Fall In Love by A. Marie. Wow. Tom. That was 2002. I remember it well. One of my favorite albums. And that's, and yo, that was 17 years ago. We're getting old, Kyle. <laughs> we are, In man. fact, if, if you want to feel old, man, we just made a post. Uh, one of your favorite groups just hit their 25th anniversary, All For One's debut album. And they had that hit single, oh. I swear, 25 years ago. Yeah. We're all That's, getting old. Man. Yep. <laughs> Welcome to the old age. Uh, <laughs> Tom, you've actually uh, posted some pretty intriguing questions on social medias over the past couple of weeks. And, man, we, we have so much we can talk about here. But I'm going to ask you this because you asked the fans this. Or you didn't ask the fans, but you posted about her. Claudette Ortiz. Hmm. One of the... She was finest people on this earth <laughs> lead singer of city high do you feel like her career and i know you've met her as well so i i guess there there is a factor in that in meeting them and feeling their aura but is she somebody that you feel could have really been at the top like everyone thinks i i'm not gonna comment i i definitely feel like there was some personal stuff behind the scenes that prevented her i know she dated both members of the group at some point and maybe some other stuff happened but man it's almost like uh, it was all tailor-made for her to become a star after city high they had that hit single what would you do and then caramel and it just didn't happen she's got a great voice and i almost feel like her lane was stolen before she really got a chance to yeah. what year are we talking though with city high do you remember exactly what year that was city high must have been 2000, 2001. What year did that song with Wyclef and Claudette come out? Too, too yeah, long? Yeah, that was 
That was oh one when they came out with their debut. So yeah, that was that was a huge song too. Uh, so I mean, there's a lot of artists who came out around oh one. We just mentioned A Marie who came out in oh two. Beyonce was taken off around that time as a solo artist, I believe. So I mean, I feel like her lane really got snatched from her before she got a chance to to make it happen. Unfortunately. And let's not forget, Ashanti also debuted in 2002. Thank ah, you very yes, much. yes. So there, actually, there's <laughs> another good example. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy when we look back in hindsight, because that's always the name that comes up. When we talk yeah. about what could have been, it's, it's always Claudette. Um, but guys, if you want to check out more Claudette music, there is one song Tom and I both really like. It was a leaked record called Simply Amazing. You remember that one, right, Tom? Yeah, one of our readers even mentioned that song. So, Stargate, right? That was Stargate, yep. Yeah. That's a good one. Yep. All right, we're going to do one more of these questions here, because this one, I don't know how where you pulled this one from, what hat <laughs> you were pulling it from, but this was actually, I had to really sit down and think about this one, Tom. What's the better talk record? Can We Talk by <laughs> Tevin Campbell or Come and Talk to Me by Jodeci? What are you going with? I don't think there's a correct answer. So shout out to whoever said I'm not choosing or this isn't fair because you were right. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to – well, first of all, I'm going to go with Can We Talk. But to make an even bigger statement, last week you said that Soon As I Get Home by Faith was probably the best 90s female R&B record, arguably. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm going to go on record right now. And anyone can fight me if they want, but I think Tom Can We Talk is the greatest '90s R&B record, the oh, greatest. N- no, you don't think so, dude? First of all, I was leaning towards Come and Talk to Me in this question for the, for starters, so Ooh. so I guess not. <laughs> no, but see, uh, if I'm really thinking about it, let me think about. It. So I would say, and I'm just gonna name some, and I'm sure someone's gonna yell at me. DJ Soul Child's already got his. He's he's already about to hit that post button <laughs> even before I say anything. <laughs> I would say the best. I'm scared too, but the best R&B records of the '90s. Can we talk? Um, I'll make love to. You. Is it uh, one of those boys to men records? I don't know which one I'm going with. What's better? I'll make love to you or End of the Road. Probably I'll make love to you is more well known. I'd say. Well, I mean, no, they're. Uh, yeah, I can't even say. I mean, huge. they're both. Yeah. Yeah. But I would say one of those two babyface records. Can we talk? I'll make love to you. Yeah. I, it's tough to answer on the spot. I have to do my research. If you're listening to this, feel free to chime in in the comments. Let us know your your choice. We'll also probably post this question on our uh, social media. It's a good one. Yeah. I, I, and it's I a just have a feeling. I, I, I don't know if anyone's going to agree with you, but we'll find out. And... Please note that I said 90s because the 2000s best record is Foolish by Ashanti. Oh, my I'm goodness. just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, Tom, I know music is about to join us here. Let's get the fandom out of the way one more time here because uh, I know you're going to get excited. But, man, you got to take us back to the moment when you first heard one of your favorite records ever. What is your favorite music Soul Child record? Just, just I, I never asked you that. Uh, I don't even know if I have one. 
I, I, I don't. I don't even think I have a favorite song in general. I, I just play a lot of songs, man. I don't. I don't know. There's a lot All of right, good what's ones. The, but... What's what's the most played music soul child song on your iPhone I, iPod? Yeah, I told you this the other day, actually. Miss Philadelphia, believe it or not. It's not even a single. It was on his Love and Music album written by Neo. I just like the vibe of the song. But I wouldn't say it's my favorite song. It just happens to be my most played. All right, all right. Actually, that's a great one. I was going to say 143 has really grown on me over the years, which is surprising because I know you said you didn't originally like Neo Soul. You'll probably catch yeah. me dead before I listen to Neo Soul music. <laughs> but that just wasn't the music I grew up on, so so there's that. Yeah. Uh, man. Anyways, Tom, you ready to bring music in here? Let's do it. All right, guys, grab your popcorn, grab your soda. We're about to bring in music, Soulchild. And like I said, every week we try to bring in someone special, someone that has brought Soul back. And Tom, we have a really special guest in the house today. Who do we have? Oh, man, we're excited for this week's special guest. We've got one of our favorites, a favorite of our readers, one who has been making such good music for so many years. Excited to welcome Music Soulchild to the podcast. Welcome, man. Thanks. Hey, what's going on, guys? What's up, man? We first got to just start out talking about how busy you've been this year, man. I mean, it's like we're just kind of astonished how you've been on so many songs already, collaborating with so many artists. You know, you were just on the Smith & Wesson video. You have a song out with Down Warwick. You were on Papoose's album. You have this Jay Dilla EP coming out. You had a song with Mila. You had this crazy collaboration with a Korean artist, Junkie. So it's just been an amazing run for you, music, so far this year. We're just so excited with all you've come with. T tell us about where you, you know, how is this all coming together? Uh, to be honest, uh, I really couldn't tell you. I just do it. Um, things come mm -hmm. my way. People ask me to be a part of stuff. Um, if time permits, I, I, I offer my time. Um, whoever I'm working with, if they're reasonable individuals, you know, it act, you know, it actually comes out. You know, I do a lot of stuff with a lot of people that never see the light of day because of a whole bunch of shenanigans that's unnecessary to get into. But I'm always working. It's just really dope that a lot of stuff has been being released. So I'm grateful. Cool. So, Music, as we were tr looking at all these collaborations, and Tom, I think you forgot about the Kalani record, but... We're trying to right. figure out, because it seems like you just live in the studio. So we're trying to figure out, what do you do outside of the studio? Because it seems like you're just making music 24-7 at this point. <laughs> uh, that, it's not too far from reality. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I do actually. I'm actually in the studio right now um, hmm. working on something. Um, but, yeah, if I'm not in the studio, I'm probably trying to find another restaurant, you know, because I'm really into food, like really, really heavy. So I'm always looking for really cool restaurants to expand my um, catalog of places that I like to eat, you know, different cuisines from different cultures and things like that. It's just a personal hobby. Um, if I'm not doing that, um, trying to catch up on, you know, a movie, you know, because I'm really into films as well. Um, outside of that, I'm, I'm catching up on as much rest as possible. Because um, that's really, really important for for a vocalist. We need rest. So, um, yeah, I leave outside of working. 
I lead a pretty boring life. <laughs> Man, before we move forward, I got to ask you about this song, My Girl, with the, with the Korean artist Junkie. I mean, we were going nuts when we heard that because that's like, you know, we don't hear songs like that anymore. And it really reminded oh, wow. us of some of your earlier work. We, I mean, right. that will definitely be one of the, when we pick our best songs we heard this year, that will definitely be, I'll easily say in our top 10 somewhere. So okay. tell us about that song a bit, man. We're excited about that one. Um, I thought it was really cool that um, Junkie reached out and wanted to work with me. Um, I'm a really huge fan of uh, uh, of Korean K-pop, or K-Soul, rather. Well, K-pop, too. I mean, just Korean culture. Um, since I've been to since I've been to South Korea, um, I've been heavily inspired by you know how they do things over there musically. Honestly, I felt like I could have did a better job. You know, because I, you know, I've been I've been listening to a lot of the songs. I've been playing in like K dramas and stuff, and I feel like I, I think I might have done. I, I might have been a little too soulful, maybe. You know, not to say that it wasn't good, but um, it's sort of like a certain technique that I, I, I was trying, kind of trying to like, I don't know, honor you know, artistically. Mm. It's just a different style of singing, you know. So, um I'm 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 glad how it turned out, you know. Junkie, you know, he's he he definitely knows what he's doing. So shouts out to him and I'm I'm really looking forward to working with him again. Um but, you know, maybe next time I'll you know, I'll I don't know, I'll I'll just do it slightly differently, you know. Not not not, not better or worse, just different, you know. Mm. Um, but yeah, I was really excited about that because I like I like branching out outside of my immediate realm, you know, music realm that I operate within. Because I personally make music for everyone, so it's dope when I can reach out um, to different um, different cultures. So that was cool. Right. Amazing song, and like I said, we're super excited and. Really, I mean, we're not just saying this because, you know, you're a friend of the site and all, but, man, we just love the music you're making. I mean, we recently ran this, this article on the site talking about how we really think, it's, you know, people should be touting you as a legend from your generation. And what really solidified uh, that for us, I know you're, you're a humble dude, but we'll, 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 we'll say it on your behalf. But what really solidified that for us was your last two albums, Life on Earth and Feel the Real, because... You know, when artists get into their seventh and eighth album, it's so easy for, you know, to see a decline in music. You know, they're not as motivated. But, man, you're still coming with some of your best stuff. We were we were just so happy to see that. I mean, just talk about how, at this point in your career, almost 20 years since you came out, you're still making music at such a high level. Um, I'm not sure how to answer that question. Uh, personally, I feel like I haven't really... Um, really gotten into my bag with music, really, you know. I've done a lot of things per request. I've done a lot of things reactively, you know. I would put, meaning I would put something out and then I would see how people would respond to it. You know, that paired with, you know, all the all the noise you get from the label, you know. So I'm, I've always tried to, like, walk a fine line between doing something that, that means something that matters, that's substantial. However, also, you know, it could be, um, yeah, you can make money off of too, you know. So it just kind of creates a lot of different conflicts that I had to navigate through throughout my career. So 
So I spent a lot of my time thinking through it, you know, spent a lot of my time trying to live up to expectations. Um, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out what it is that I'm doing. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that happens that I really can't personally account for in the way of success. You know, I really can't assume, you know, the responsibility for making what happens. You know, a lot of the stuff is a blur, you know, and I kind of chalk it up to, you know, being blessed. So I really can't take full credit for that. So that's why I say it's kind of challenging to answer that question. However, with that said, though, I always had this drive to want to do better. So every time I work on something, I'm always trying to top it, not, you know, not in an egotistical way, but in a progressive way. So I think that that is what contributes to my ability to always come with stuff that may feel, you know, like strong work because it's always serious for me. It's always important for me. It's never a thing where it's like, oh, well, here's my next album. You know, they get it, so let me just go ahead and throw some stuff together. They'll buy it. You know, it's it's never been that. And this may, well, I don't know how it's going to sound, but I never really felt like I had the full support um, that I could have used, really used, you know, once I released the album, you know, being out on the road, you know, but that's just a personal thing, you know, that I've kind of just deal with and I don't really get into it. Um, even now, you know, you say like my last two albums, Life on Earth and Feel the Real, you know, you, know, you, you speak so highly of it. But personally, in my world, you know, what I'm learning is that a lot of people don't really know about it. Because um, mm-hmm. I, I meet a lot of people and they're like, damn, I didn't know you put out, you know, an album, let yeah. alone two. You know, so it's just a really interesting thing. It's an interesting position that I'm in right now, and it's sort of shaping my perspective on what it means to be successful, um, coming from what I know, coming from where I come from, from so long ago to how things move now. The landscape is just so different, you know. So yep. sometimes I do question it, like, am I really popping? Like, am I really doing anything that matters to people? I mean, I know I am personally because I know the work that I put into it. But we feed off of responses, you know. We artistic creatives, we feed off of feedback. So when the feedback doesn't come back according to what you know you put in there, it's like it just feels like, you know, <laughs> nobody nobody really cares that much. So yeah, it just it just kind of skews your your point of view. So it kind of puts you in a position where, well, damn, well maybe I need to do something else, or maybe I need to stop, or maybe I need to. I don't know, you know. So. However, I appreciate that people like you guys are keeping up with me, you know, because it makes me feel like what I do does matter. Um, and that pe- and through through you guys facilitating, you know, uh, that timeline, you know, you have people who follow you guys and listen to you guys, and they get the information from you, um, which is pretty much the only reason why I, I've chosen to talk to you guys because I don't really like talking to people anymore because right. it just feels like it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't feel like it matters. You know, we so, appreciate but, that for sure. You know, you guys have been consistent, so you know, that's why I'm here. Because even even despite all of that, you know, I do honor those who who do get it. And you guys seem like y'all get it. But it's a it's a weird time right now for artists. It's a weird time for, you know, actively creative people that really want to put it all out there and give people their all, you know, and just feeling like it's a piss in the wind, you know. <laughs> 
music, man, but so much perspective there. I, I want to get a glimpse into your world as you, you know, as we circle back into, you know, partnering up with labels or, or, or other people. And uh, I just want to get into your mind as a creative, is there a balance or a compromise that you have to have with your vision versus someone else's vision of you? Like just internally, what goes on for you to decide what the right decision is? Um, I don't know. That's that's an ongoing, ever-changing thing, you know. It's a – I got to keep swapping out the lens because it all depends on what you're looking at, you know. Are you looking at the money? Are you looking at um, the popularity? Are you looking at the legacy? Are you looking at the impact? Like, what are you looking at? Because all of these things have – you know, conflicting motives, you know, like you can't chase one thing and then accomplish the other at the same time. It's weird, you know, because when you chase one thing, you're kind of sort of um, distancing yourself from accomplishing another thing. You know, for instance, if you're chasing money, you know, it's very possible that you're, you're, you're distancing yourself from, you know, having true substance because you don't really necessarily have to have that much substance to, to make money you know, these days, especially in music, as we can all sort of witness. This is not a diss, you know, to anyone or a shot to nobody, you know. It's just a, it's an observation that I've been making for a little while, you know. And there's room for everything, you know. No one has any real authority to say what's good or what's not. You know, you can't see yourself, but for everyone else, you can't say that. You can have your opinion, and you can motivate people to agree with you, but it doesn't make it facts. You know, because another person may be like, I don't know what y'all talking about. This is dope. I like this, you know. Or someone else can chase substance, you know, and you can use the context of all that came before to reference and understand what's exactly happening. But to another person, like, I don't care. I don't get it, so I don't like it, you know. So to answer your question, I think it's an individualistic thing. Like, you have to ask each artist. If you're asking me, if you really want to support me and if you really want to help me speaking as a label or as, you know, um, as a platform that wants to support an artist like myself or me for that matter, the best thing that you could do is collaborate with me. But to try to sit and tell me and, and, and convince me about stats and, and, and charts and stuff that doesn't really apply to me because it, it's so finicky. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be interested in working with you because, what you're trying to do has nothing to do with what I'm what I'm uh, contributing towards, which is, you know, c- considering everything that happened from as far back as we can recall. You know, every time I do a little bit of research here and there on music, you know, because I don't know everything about music, I'm constantly learning myself. And I try to honor, you know, what happened before, which is another thing that's interesting to me, how quickly people like to move on from things that, they made popular and they supported and what thought was fresh and fly and they turned up to it. And then another wave comes through and it's like what happened before is absolutely irrelevant now, you know, which is it's sad because these are still working artists, you know, but you won't go check them out no more because they're not popular. They, they're not what is, you know, being put out there as what you need to be, you know, about, you know, and you get the whole terms of, you know, they has been and they washed up and blah, blah, blah. Even if they yeah. never put out, you know, a whole bunch of stuff, they still have those songs and they still have those moments that they created for your life that you said was so important to you, you know. And 
people have their aha moments every now and again if you see them here and there, but the la- it's just the, the amazing lack of support, you know, and everything ain't for everybody, and that's fine. But what are what are we supposed to do once y'all are over it? Like, are we supposed to go right. get regular jobs now? Like, we can't even do that because when we do that, then we get talked about. Ah, look, you know, they couldn't cut yeah. it as an artist, and now look at them, blah blah blah. It's 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 so weird. It's it's so weird. So for me, you know, at the risk of sounding, you know, on my own, you know, on you know my own stuff, I would say just let me do me, man. If you really care, let me do me. If you have questions, if you don't understand, let's talk. You know, let's let's talk about um, what it is that can be done rather than you just taking the stance that I don't think that's going to make no money. Maybe you should do this. And, hey, how, how about you collaborate with these people because they did so-and-so and they got all of these views and blah, blah, blah. It's like no this to nobody, but I have great ideas as well. You know what I'm saying? I have insight. I have vision. You know, I may not have the resources. I may not have the means. You do though, you know. I'm not I'm not over here trying to tell you how to run your side. Don't try to tell me how to run mine. Let's collaborate, you know, let's let's right. make it a joint effort. Not a, not such a like a, a dominating thing where, you know, you know, I, I gotta do what you say because you know better. You don't know better. You know, right. I to be honest, I may not even really know better because I only have my perspective. But if we collaborate, you can provide insight, I can provide insight, and we can we can figure it out together. But to have this one-sided do-what-I-say type thing, because I don't even want that. I don't want I don't want people who want to support me where they just simply just shut up and do what I say. Like, no, you know, that's not fair because you have invested interests as well. So I would say collaborate. Collaborate with artists. Collaborate with people that you want to go into business with rather than entering into it as if you have all the answers and if – you know, so and so don't do what you say, then you know it's going to get it's going to get tight for everybody. You know, and then you know they got to just now they got to now they got to get in line. Now you got to fall back and just do whatever because you signed the contract. So you know you either do it or you're stuck. You know, so I don't know. Like it doesn't really matter who it is. You know that goes for anybody. Anybody that anybody that I. I you know, and this is because it may be biased because of my timeline in, in, in the industry. But if I'm going to do business with anybody, you know, if it's a label or if it's a major situation or anybody who want to put in, you know, on the Music Soul Child brand, it needs to be a collaborative effort, man. That's the only way that I see that it's going to work for everybody. But if you're just trying to get rich real quick, like, go find somebody else. And, you know, God bless you. Mm. Man, you're hitting on so many points. We we talk about all the time through our site, through our platform, and, you know, it's all true. And we try to change some of the ways people look at things, celebrating legendary artists and that type of thing. And that's why part of what we do is share history, remind people why you fell in love with these artists and share some of the stories of, you know, how you felt when you first heard that song. But, man, I mean, just if you could share with us real quick, like, some of your history, what it was like before you got signed. We would love to hear that story. Which is just what it felt like making music before the signing, before the deal, what you were doing in that whole point of view. The interesting thing about that is I didn't really spend a lot of time, or at least there wasn't a, it's not like this long stretch of time where I was recording and trying to get a deal. You know, as a matter of fact, personally, I wasn't trying to get a deal like me. Wow. I wasn't trying to get a deal. My writers and managers at the time, my writers and producers and managers at the time, the camp that I was working with in Philly, I, I didn't know that that's what they were doing. 
You know, I wow. I was dealing with my own issues in my life. You know, I was homeless. You know, I you know I wasn't really cool with my with my family like that. You know, I was leaning on people. You know, sleeping on their couches. You know, uh, uh, depending on the kindness of strangers, going to open mic clubs, having all of these big grand ideas. I was actually discovering discovering my own creativity. You know, it was a blessing that you know those guys was willing to. Um, work with me and have me record. That would that within itself was a process. Pr- prior to them, I didn't record. Like I didn't know what it was to record a song. Oh. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I sang like the people. Like that was my mm. only experience with singing. I I didn't grow up heavily in church. You know, it's there, but even then, I wasn't in the choir. You know, like it wasn't my 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 life. My the the, the only role that music played in my life it was a personal thing i didn't really have supporting things in my life you know that would encourage me to be successful in music like nothing you know i had people that i would hang out with i had other kids that i would sing with you know i would stop people on the street and literally strangers you know around like you know rush hour and just stop them and ask them you know to listen to me sing and tell me what they thought you know, wow. it got mixed reviews. It was weird. You know, I was really bold. <laughs> I, was, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was, yeah, I was kind of, I was a different kind of dude back then, dude. Was, <laughs> it was like you put a, a nerd, a geek, and just a weirdo all together. I was a music geek, man. <laughs> you know, I was really about, I was really about, you know, create, being creative. You know, and it didn't, it wasn't just music. It was everything. Like I was so into the the concept of making something. You know, I had friends that, you know, almost had to, like, tell me, like, yo, you got to chill. You got to figure out what you want to do. You can't do everything all at once. Like, that's not going to work. You know, you got to pick something, you know, put 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 as much effort as you can into that. At the time, I didn't want to listen to that, but it makes complete logical sense. Put 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 uh, as much effort as you can into one thing. Make that work, and then you can use that to kind of, you know, fuel or even fund any, any, you know, all the other stuff, you know, that you want to do, which was weird because when that happened and I wanted to venture into other things, when I finally, you know, popped, nobody was interested in that. They just wanted me to be this music soul child thing, you know, that wasn't even really music soul child, to be honest. Like, if I want, you know, if I'm being completely honest, music soul child was something that I had to live up to because it wasn't my idea of music soul child. But when you got a bunch of people pitching in their ideas, you know, the saying goes, you got a bunch of chefs. You know, in the kitchen, wow. everybody got ideas and want to tell me, you know, because they have, they may have had the, the experience and the history of working in this industry. And here it is, like, I'm, I don't, I didn't really have that much, you know, time served. I started recording in November of 98, you know, r- real here and there sporadically, you know, you know, I'll, I'll do like a cluster of months recording and, and I'll be off, you know, and come back and we'll be off. So, I recorded in November, like literally my first song that I recorded was in November, of, was like November or December, like third, like fourth quarter of 98, you know, and then all through 99, you know, here and there, I started recording most of what people know as my first album, I Just Want to Sing, and even a few songs on um on Just Listen as well that didn't make um, I Just Want to Sing was, you know, essentially, if you want to call it my, my demo, you know, that I didn't even know was being played and shopped around. Like, I didn't know this until I got the offer from Def Jam. You know, this is like in, at the end of 99, my manager's calling me like, yo, we got a deal for you. I'm like, what do you mean? 
What do you mean? What do you mean? We got a deal for you. We got we got a meeting with Def Jam. Like matter of fact, where are you? I mean, I mean, and I was back and forth from Philly to Georgia because I had family in Georgia. So in like the colder months, I would just you know go down to Georgia, which is why I made I essentially made um, the move to Georgia uh, to Atlanta uh, later on. Um, but yeah, man. So when I got the deal, I was like, what? So what does that mean? Like what? Like what am I supposed to do? <laughs> They're like, dude, like you, well, like we, I really feel like you're gonna get a record deal. Like, what do you mean? What does that mean? I mean, you, you, you about to be out of here. I'm like, ah, that, ah, yeah, that that doesn't register to me at all. Like, I don't understand <laughs> what that means because I never really chased being signed. I never, you know, if anything, I would have recorded my own stuff because back then it was, you know, selling your own stuff was kind of like really popular. You know, print your own CD and sell it yourself. Like that's what that was that was lit to me. You know. Mm-hmm. But they was like, nah, man, like it's, it gets bigger than it gets deeper than that. I'm like, okay, well, fine. I'll just come back and I'll do the meeting. And I'm sitting in Dev Jam across from Kevin Lyles and all of these people was trying to tell me how dope I am. And I'm like, thank you, but I kind of don't care. <laughs> well, I don't want to come across like an asshole. So I'm just going to like listen. So, you know, all of this, all of this talking and then, you know, then, then, then that check came and I was like, Oh, okay. Okay, I think I think I get it now. I think I get it now. I got it now. So this means I make money. Got it. Okay. So when I when that check came and it was I mean, for a dude living on the street not really having nothing to his name and no no uh no plans of getting any money anytime soon, that was a come up, you know. And it was through the process of being in the business that I started to learn what it meant to be, what it means, yeah, what it meant to be in the business. Like, I took a lot of L's. I learned a lot of stuff, you know. I had to, you know, I'm sure, like, a lot of people in my time coming up just couldn't figure me out because I didn't know what, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't have no uh, artist development process, you know. Like, it was no. I didn't have nothing, man. Like I, I used to read a bunch of you know, music. Man. I used to read my Vibe magazine, all them other you know music magazines. You know, like on some biggie shit. I used to read up. I used to read Word Up magazine. You know, like that was that was my into like you know that was my only connection to the industry. I used to watch a bunch of video, you know, uh, uh, TV shows. You know, BET and all them other video channels. You know. And then you, like, come up with a bunch of ideas in your head, like, yeah, I could do that. Damn, it would be cool to be on stage and perform yourself, all of that stuff. But I never really took it seriously. I never expected to be a fraction of what I ended up being. Like, it was not on my mind at all. You know what I'm saying? And I think, you know, it was kind of a, a, a blessing, and it was kind of, you know, I don't want to say a curse, but a not-so-good thing because, you know, you can't see a lot of stuff coming. You know, I've been, you know, a lot of people, I've just been through a whole lot. It's been a lot of shenanigans, man, that I had to push through. So it's it's a blessing that I'm even still here because, you know, a lot of people and friends of mine, people that I know about, they don't make it, man. Some people just, man, say, man, fuck this. I ain't doing this shit no more. This is dumb. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> because you, wow. you, the, 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 the amount of disrespect is so offensive, man. This This industry can get really, really unnecessary, man. You know, however, there's always an opportunity for you to do something that will impact someone in a positive way. So I kind of hold on to that as much as possible, you know. And like I was saying earlier, like it's that even that's starting to get hard. 
you know, because it's like it's like what's what's it's like what's the game plan now? Like what's the play now? Like if you if if you're actually substantially creatively contributing to the legacy of music, or whatever, you're doing too much. <laughs> Mm. You know, and you're doing too much because you have such an audience of people, at least the ones that have the louder voice, you know, you know, through social media or whatever, they can't seem to identify because maybe it was a lack of exposure, you know, maybe, you know, the education isn't there to disconnect, you know, between what people do, you know, as creative people in this business versus what people consume. You know, it's almost like the easier, the better. I feel better about supporting and listening to something that, you know, is oversimplified because now I don't feel intimidated that I don't know, you know, rather than just spending a little bit of time and doing some research. And this is, this is, this is not going to people who, who do uh, follow, you know, the culture of music, you know, who do know the names, who do know the, the people who put an impact and made a stand, you know, on, 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 uh, on the, on the culture. Like you got a lot of people that do know it, but, you got to understand those people grow up. They got responsibilities. You know, they they can't yeah. always show up at the club. They can't always show up at the shows. They can't always they don't always have the money to buy everybody's album. Like that's real, and I'm not mad at that, yeah. which is dope. You know, people want to complain about the fact that we, there's all of these streaming platforms. You know, personally, all right, money-wise, I think it sucks because we deserve more because we put in a lot of work. However, right exposure wise i don't care just get it out i you know i just want people to get it you know what i'm saying because whether you can afford to pay for it or not i still want you to get it though because now when i when you do if you do you know come to the or you can when you can afford to come to the show you don't you don't really have an excuse fam you can go to youtube for all i care mm-hmm. because you got people that would <laughs> that would actually buy it and then post it on youtube i'm not saying that i prefer that i'm just saying like even that like that's any way that you can get it, you know, you don't necessarily have to buy it. I prefer that you buy it, but you don't necessarily have to buy it in order to listen to it. And if you feel compelled to support it, you know, support it, then please, you know, by all means. You know what I'm saying? I don't know your life. I don't know your responsibilities. I don't know what your priorities are. I can't imagine, you know, that I'm as important as putting gas in your car. You know, that's real. However, I would like for you to get it. I would like for you to familiarize yourself with the music so that you're not at the show talking about some I don't know these songs. You know what I'm saying? And then you get mad at me because I'm spending the show performing new music because all you know is the old stuff. But then there's not a lot of facilitators like you guys that we need more of to right. educate people on what we're doing. I mean, people say, well, you just stay on social media. Like, you can stay on social media all you want. You can broadcast and say whatever you want, all you want, man. The way them algorithms are set up, you might not get through to certain people. It's just real. It just is what it is. So that's what I'm saying. Like, what's the game? I don't know what the game plan is anymore. You could you could put your whole heart on 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 that record. It, 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 a person will never hear it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it, it's very yeah. possible that a person will never hear it, and it could be true fans. Like I had to deal with that. I had to like really accept that, that that was the reality of the state of things. Because it used, used to kind of annoy me for a little while. It's like, if you say that you're a real fan of mine, how is it that you don't know certain things? You know, if you follow me, if you're keeping up with me, like, you know, a person could be, but it's so many people to keep up with. There's so many right. distractions. There's so much yeah. information. You know what I'm saying? And that's real. So when you see a lot of artists get frustrated, 
they may not always have the, the, the wherewithal to articulate their frustrations because it's a challenging thing, especially when you're creative. We're hypersensitive individuals. We get emotional about stuff, you know, and everybody yeah. responds differently. Personally, I just I just decided to disengage because I know, like, I, I don't know how to deal. I don't know how to process all of that, you know, I guess constructively, you know what I'm right. saying? So I just stay out of the way because, you know, you got a lot of reckless people out there. So I just I just focus on doing my work and whatever get I hope whatever gets out gets out and it reaches whoever it's intended to reach. You know, and I hope that you, it does you some good. You know, I just keep it pushing, man. I don't get into the whole interpersonal relationship with my people cuz I don't know who's who. I don't know who's there for me and who's not. It all looks yeah. the same. You know what I'm saying? Even the people that I would expect, you know, to really support, they you know, they come across on some other type of stuff too. And if you ask them questions, you know, they're now then they're victimized. I'm offended. You didn't do my wrong. <laughs> I've been following you for so long, and every time I come to you, you don't never do. Fam, like, but I just, <sighs> you know how many people got their songs. You know how much time that I get, and then that's a whole not, It's a whole lot of stuff that happens behind the scenes, as far as the promoters, as far as getting shows, as far as different venues. Like it's so much. It's so much that I can't possibly explain to you. And even then, if I if I do. And, I, and what's stopping that from coming across to you as if I'm just complaining and making excuses? Because I've seen that, and that was ridiculous. People that I personally know, it's like, that's where it's happened. And then you see the comments, ah, he just he just trying to he just trying to make excuses. He didn't want to. I'm like, dude, you don't know this person's life. You don't know what they have. They literally just <laughs> gave you a timeline of everything that just happened. And what happened? You you don't believe them? What 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 reason would they have to gain? What 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 would they gain from from talking about this in this way? Like I feel, I felt that was very good that they articulated that and they, you know, explained to people. First of all, a person don't owe you an explanation. They don't have to say anything, you know. But a person goes out of their way and gives you an explanation as to what happened and why things are not. Nah, but that's that's messed up. I paid all of this money. I want my money back. We need to cancel you. You know, you can't do that to your fans. Like whoa. Oh my goodness. <laughs> You Jeez, just don't wow. care. Got it. <sighs> you know, so all of this influence and all of this power and all of this whatever we so-called have, it's like what good is it if if folks want to be unreasonable? And then you then you then you got the trolls. <laughs> they, they don't care what's going on. They they, they yeah. just don't care. <laughs> they, they just don't care. I understand. No, you got a point. But I feel like being an asshole today. Mean, <laughs> so... So all of that, take, taking all of that into consideration, man, from my timeline from the beginning up until now, like I'm doing my best to navigate through my own thoughts, my own feelings first, and then trying to figure out what's my next move in general just on the outside, you know, because like I said, I didn't have that coaching. I didn't have that, you know, you should do this and you should do that, you should blah, blah, blah. Like I had... I didn't really have that, you know. I had a, a version of that, but I later found out, like, you know, the the the, the you know the the motivation wasn't wasn't necessarily for my best interest, you know. Mm -hmm. So when I had to keep getting out of certain situations, I had to relearn, you know, and renew my my point of view on what what mattered, what was real, you know, for myself. I couldn't depend on people as much as I as as, as I thought I could. You know, because, you know, it's, it's a real, like, everybody out for themselves type mentality. 
you know, in this thing. So, you know, instead of just being mad and being a victim, I just decided to keep evolving, you know, and just keep pushing. You know, if I got to swap out folks, I got to swap out folks. If I got to get a new crew, I got to get a new crew. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like, don't take it so personal. Just keep it pushing, keep it moving. Whoever rock with you, rock with them. Whoever don't, leave them alone. Don't try to convince them and try to win them over or nothing. Like, those people are going to be who and what they are. Just stay out of their way, you know, or just stay away from them, you know, so that they can stay out of yours, you know. So my process was a challenging one because I had – it was like on-the-job training. I would still look at pictures and still listen to uh, interviews and still watch videos and performances and listen to songs, and I cringe because all I hear is the mistakes. All I hear is, mm-hmm. is, you know, what I didn't know. All I hear is, 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 is it's a lot of, is, and like, I'm super triggered with a lot of that stuff. And it's challenging to say that to people because I used to, not necessarily in this way, but I would, you know, people would tell me how much they like whatever, whatever. And I would be like, eh, it's okay. It was cool. I didn't really like it that much. And they'd be like, what? It <laughs> <laughs> changed my life. What do you mean? So I had to, like, be like, you know what, I can't say this to people, no, because they're not going to understand, you know what I'm saying? And I don't want to yeah. I don't want to distort their experience, you know? I can feel however I want to feel about it, but it's not, I don't have the right to rob these people of what made it special for them. So I keep a lot of stuff to myself. That's why I don't like to talk a lot, because, you know, I, it's almost like I get punished for being honest, you know? So I just, like, even now, talking to y'all. I wouldn't say this to people. I can, you know, but I'm only doing it because y'all are asking, you know, and, you know, I respect you guys, you know. So if you really want to know, this is what it is. I don't have no pretty sound bites for you, but people don't like hearing this stuff because it kind of taints the image that they have of you in their mind. And that's when mm-hmm. I realized, you know, a while back, like, that's the that's the problem. I keep I keep participating and perpetuating a false narrative of who people think I am. I need to start telling people who I actually am, or at least what I'm actually aspiring towards. That's what the whole alter personas thing was all about. It's to create separation and hopefully uh, provide clarity. But all it did was confuse people even more, but it wasn't confusing them because it was confusing. It was confusing them. And I'm just going to be honest because people weren't willing to pay attention because I'm telling you everything. I'm, I, I, I I use words for a living. I know how they work, so I know how mm-hmm. to get my points across. But if you're not paying attention, I can't help you. I can't go on, you know, a rant about what things are, and then your next question is, but I don't understand. It's like, Sam, have you been listening? So that's why I stopped talking, man, because it, it, don't, it don't seem like it matters, you know. But um, I wish I had... And maybe I maybe I shouldn't, you know. But I was going to say I wish I had the, the the kind of sort of the training, you know, somebody pulling me aside and letting me know what was what or whatever. Maybe it was better that I learned it the way that I did. You know what I'm saying? Maybe it was better right. that I came up in the business the way that I did because it gave me a unique perspective. It's not a good or bad one. It's just that I just have a, the perspective that I do, and I keep I keep using that data to make better decisions. And hopefully, the next decision that I make is a better one. You know, mm-hmm. so. You know, it seems like it's working. I'm great. I'm grateful for that. You know, but yeah. hopefully, people, more people. I'm not gonna say as if no one is out there, but more people will be more willing to understand what we go through and be a little more, you know, considerate, you know, of of the realities that we have to deal with. 
you know. Um, why why wait until a person don't feel like doing it no more for you to be like, where where are they now? It's like, yeah, where are they now? You're asking that question because when they were there, they wasn't getting the love that they were looking for. So, yeah. Wow. <laughs> man, you really took it deep and, and covered so much for us. We appreciate you keeping it real with us always, man. And I know we're out of time, but, man, just before you go, can you just share with us what we can expect this year? Because you've already had, like we mentioned, so much in the works. And uh, we mm-hmm. heard you're working on a bunch of, of stuff for you, of your own. So can you tell us what we can expect? Well, you actually mentioned the Dilla project. I was I was I wanted to release it in February, but um some things got in the way, so there's been an an official um hold on that project. Hopefully I I can get it out by May. Um that would be really dope or at least as soon as possible. Um I'm also working with I I I just started up a bunch of projects with a bunch of people, you know, mm. and just hoping something, you know, something 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 hits. You know, I recently joined up with T3, speaking of uh, Dilla, uh, T3 from Slum Village. I, I recently linked up with him. We're, we're, we're a group now, I guess. It's only two of us, but we're a group called Trey Soul 98. We got a song on SoundCloud called Once Upon a Time. That's pretty yeah. cool. Um, uh, I mean, I could mention a bunch of other things, but, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like no, nothing has really been released. So okay. I don't know. I don't know how that's going to go, so I don't want to say something is going to come out and then it never does. But, you know, I'm I'm personally excited about all the work that I'm doing, and I just can't wait for the stuff to come out. You know, of course, you know, I'm working with Mila, you know. She's working on her album. Um, it's taking the time that it takes, but she's working on some really, really cool stuff. Um, yeah, and then trying to find out what it means, because I'm technically a label now. Uh I'm trying to figure out what that means because uh, I don't really know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm working with Willie Hen. I've been working with Willie for years. You know, he's doing his thing. Um, he's still out there. He's still working, you know. Please go support him. Uh, and not just his shenanigans because he's kind of a clown, but he, he's really <laughs> dope as a, as, an, as a creative, artistic individual and not simply as a rapper. You know what I'm saying? And we started just saw him, you know, the other night. Like, we still cool. But it's just challenging for people out here trying to do real work. You know what I'm saying? It's so challenging because it just feels like the more you do, you're doing too much, you know? And in order for you to succeed, you sort of, I don't like this term. I don't really, I really don't like this term, but for the sake of conversation, you got you to gotta dumb it down. You know what I'm saying? The more you dumb it down, the, the more accessible it is to people. But you got to understand you know, the psychology behind that for an artistic individual. Like, I have to do what now to be accepted when me wanting to do more is better. So better is not good. Mm-hmm. Got it. I, actually, no, I don't. I don't get it. <laughs> it's weird, man. It's like everything goes upside down. So, you wow. know, I, I just, you know, I pray for all the artists out there and to find the, find the wherewithal to figure it out for themselves. I encourage everybody to still Stay true to what's real for you, um, and hopefully things will change. Hopefully people will find, will find it within themselves to be more understanding, uh, to be more supportive. Um, I mean, that's all I can ask for. You know, I can't get mad at folks for not wanting to buy my stuff. Like, that's, that's dumb. I mean, they don't have to. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, it's, it's cool. You know, however, as a person that made the product, 
yeah, it's a little frustrating when you put everything into something and you just get crickets. You know, it's like, wow, oh, okay. Right. All mm-hmm. right. So what do I do? I quit now? That's what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> like, I, I, like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. What, I don't know what to do. I really don't. Yeah. But, I'm, but you know, I have, a, I have a natural reflex where work. I got working on autopilot. And it's like, well, if I don't know what to do, at least just, just keep working, man. Like, hopefully something something will matter to these people. Who knows? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, music, it matters to us. And we thank you so much for joining us. I know you don't do many of these interviews anymore, so we always appreciate your time. And like I just said earlier, man, we're just so excited about the music you're making. And, you know, it's, like I said, it's not just because you're, you're a friend of the site, man. We really admire what you're making, and it doesn't matter to people. So we're just happy you're, you're keeping it coming, really, you know, making good stuff and doing a lot of collaborations, which is fun to see too. So, man, we'll always have your back. We'll always support you, help spread the word, man. Just we appreciate you. Thanks, man. I appreciate you guys, too. All right, Tom. That was Music Soul Child on the podcast. Tom, that man has a lot to say, and he it seems like he's been holding it in for a while. Well, like he said, he doesn't do a lot of interviews, and he's always gracious in granting us the interviews. So he, you know, really let a lot of it out, and he took it deep, kept it real. You know, you can see, uh, you know, a different side of him if you if you listen to all that and he's still got a lot left to to say and to to make music he's like you said he's always in the studio he was in the studio for this podcast yo you know what's crazy though when he was talking about how like he doesn't view his debut album and and those albums as classics which you know universally as r&b fans we look at his debut as a classic he doesn't look at it at like that and actually tom i was gonna want to ask him how he felt about that debut but i i didn't want to get my heart broken so we just passed on that <laughs> you know, we didn't even really get to dig into Ed's article about his uh, ranking of music's best albums. Um, I did really want to touch on that real quick. And sorry, Ed can't be here to defend it. But um, Ed had the number one album as his debut. I think we all agree. Uh, second best, Just Listen. Third best, Love and Music. Fourth was Music and the Magic. Fifth was Feel the Real. Sixth was Soul Star, seventh was Life on Earth, and eight was on my radio. And Ed ranked them all pretty highly. So, you know, maybe we have a closet music soul child stand among us here on the podcast. Uh, we'll have to find out from him after he's done celebrating Keith Sweat's number one single, Boomerang. Tom, are you <laughs> ready to get into the Play a Please Awards? Yes. Um, this one is kind of interesting. Cadbury, you like Cadbury uh, eggs, don't you? Yeah. Uh, they're coming out with a Cadbury cream egg flavored mayonnaise. Will you be putting this on your sandwich? Uh, I, first of all, I don't even eat mayonnaise. I mean, I, what would that even taste like, and why? Who asked for that? It's like they come out <laughs> with these products. There's so many things we can imagine that we'd actually want, and this is what they think of. Man, that's a play of please. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I probably wouldn't. Like, Would you just squeeze it out of the bottle and drink it? I can't imagine <laughs> I anyone know. putting it on their sandwich. You just put it on some toast. I don't know. Man. Because what is it? What's the chocolate syrup with the bunny? Nesquik? Do you, don't, do you have Nesquik over there? Yeah, we have that. I don't really like yeah, it, though. I think people just, like, squirt the bottle into their mouth, but I don't think that's, oh. I don't think that's normal. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, man. Um, second player, please, here. Tom. Uh, LMA threw shots at Jaquise. Did you see this? Yes, I, d- I didn't understand the point of this. So I'm kind of I'm kind of mad about this. So just to give everyone some backstory, LMA dropped Trip a couple of months ago. It's been a couple of months now. And then Jaquise remixed the record. And then LMA's camp got mad because they felt that uh, Jaquise A was taking away attention from LMA's version. And B, they, think, they thought that he was monetizing it. The second part of it I don't believe is true. But because of because of all these uh, situations, they took down Jaquise's version from the internet, so you can't really find it anymore. Uh, but Jaquise has still been performing it live on stage, and he did so in the UK recently. And LMA did a subtweet, which Tom, why do people still do subtweets? I gotta ask you that later. But she wrote something along the lines of, "It's kind of whack that." Uh, Artists have to go out on stage and perform other people's songs because they don't have hits of their own. Tom, is that really necessary in 2019? We're all trying to make it as an R&B community. Why are we throwing shots at each other? I mean, this is the generation of ghosting and fake gangsters and all that stuff. So are you really surprised that someone wouldn't just come out and confront someone face-to-face? And if you really want to confront someone, why do it publicly? Why not just hit up Jacquees, have a nice conversation over the phone? It's just so stupid to me, man. But yeah. But you know what? I will say one thing. You know what I thought of? At first, I was like, you know what? Our generation would never do that. But then I thought back, man. Our generation, imagine if they had Twitter. Oh, man, back in the day. I guarantee some of the same stuff would be going on. Guaranteed. Yo, have you seen an Aaron Hall interview? <laughs> Ed was just telling us about it. What happened? Yeah, he was... He he's he man. We're gonna get him on this podcast, and then we're gonna get banned from the internet. But dude, Aaron Hall, as as the great Ed Bowser stated on our chat, he is Chris Brown times twenty in terms of craziness. For those who don't know what you're talking about, what did he do? Um, he was pretty much going off on everyone in a in an interview. It was mm. it was pretty crazy. I'll show you later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But Tom, I'm giving Ella May a play of please because if you remember, Ella was discovered on, I think it was Vine, Vine or Instagram, where, you know what she was doing? She was doing covers of other people's song. So It's crazy. You're gonna diss it's somebody, crazy. You're going to diss somebody for covering your song, but that's how you started your career. I just don't understand it. And then um, what was also funny, people started clapping back at Ella May and saying, you know Jacquees has gold and platinum singles, right? Well, <laughs> so, uh, listen, I love Ella, Jacquees, the self-proclaimed king. We're still you, still, you still have a lot to prove with that statement, but guys, we just need to all get along. I'll tell you what, though, Kyle, man, I'm disappointed in her a bit. I really don't know Ella May too well. I just always thought she was some classy girl that was helping to bring R&B back. And uh, be a flag bearer for that. But man, this stuff like this, I guess that Aretha Franklin situation where she couldn't name three songs was a red flag. And now this, it's I'm losing hope with this generation, man. <laughs> Damn. So does that mean, Tom, that you want R&B to bring back? And this, you might call this the milk carton edition, or you might call this the soul back track of the day, Tom. But do you want R&B to bring back your boy Uncle Sam? 
Uncle Sam. We we mentioned that song. Ed mentioned that song, and then we put it out there for the fans, and people were going nuts. People remembered that song. I threw out a Chris John song, Full of Smoke. People were going nuts. We got to bring all these guys back. We're bringing them all to the podcast in the coming weeks. We're getting everyone on here. Chucky Booker, OJ what? the Juice Man. Um, who else? Uncle Sam, Jimmy Cozier, Coffee Brown. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing to say to that. Oh, man. Uh, all right, let's focus here. Um, see, it's a lot different when Ed's not around. There's no one to yell at or no one to yell at us. I know. Ed would be going nuts right now. Yeah, he would be. Uh, but let's, uh, let's, let's end this podcast. I mean, music went on for like an hour, so I don't know who's still listening to this. But, Tom, what's going on with You Know I Got So? I see you've been active on social media. We got a lot of people talking. We got people talking about R&B, reminiscing a bit, having some interesting conversations. It's going good right now, man. You know, people, I think, are looking to talk about stuff like this. So we're just going to keep it going, keep people talking, keep spreading the word, keep letting people know how great this Donnell Jones and John B. song is, and keep it rolling. Yes, sir. And that seems to be it. Tom for this week we'll check back in next week with another episode and Tom we're just gonna keep it going I've been we've been getting a guest every single week and we've been pushing every single week man I gotta say on behalf of myself I am proud of you myself and Ed for what we've been able to do here thanks man we're gonna keep it going all year it's our goal every single week have a guest this year and not just any guest we're having legit guests you know we're not having someone you never heard of like some random r&b artists we're having legit guests you know people have requested to come on this podcast and we've had some guests that are emerging artists and no no shame to them but we want to hear some stories from the 90s you know from the 2000s we want to hear all that so we're going to keep this thing going we're working hard it's not easy but man it's it's been a good run we'll keep it going and just as a open invitation or maybe it's not even open but Man, Tom, I'm just going to say it out here. Daniel Bamber, you are more than welcome to join us on the podcast one day. Because you're probably Absolutely. still listening right now. So you're in. And anyone <laughs> else that wants to get in, send me an email at kyle at you know I got soul.com. We'll put you, you in You know here. what? We got to do that. <laughs> Bring in some, some, some guests for a few minutes each episode. Man, that would be pretty cool. Have them chime I in. I think that will. Yeah, absolutely. So again, kyle at you know I got soul.com. Hit me up. We're going to schedule you in. Um, it's kind of tough to schedule myself, Tom, and Ed in an episode, so you guys are going to have to work on our schedule. I apologize, okay. but that's just how it is. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Guys, I think that's it for this week. I hope to see you guys soon. Keep R&B alive. Keep liking. Keep retweeting. Keep reposting. And, Tom, we're out of here. We're out. Peace. <laughs>